welcome back to the report brought to you by the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Team. I'm Will Smith, an EMS and emergency medicine physician in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I'm also a clinical assistant professor affiliated with the University of Washington and the co-founder of the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Project. We are a group of physicians, medical students, PhDs, and others that are passionate about helping with the medical response during this COVID-19 pandemic. We are keeping up to date with the latest research on SARS-CoV-2 and the disease it causes, COVID-19. We bring you real-time data from the research to help guide best practices as the pandemic continues to unfold. For complete summaries and links to each article to review further, please visit our website at covid19lst.org. Here's Jasmine, my co-founder with today's episode. Thanks, Will. And on today's episode, we discuss how growing reports of atypical presentations suggest that we should be including COVID-19 in the differential diagnosis of two common complaints. But physicians should also be mindful of the potential availability bias during this time and how automatically thinking of COVID at the sound of hoofbeats can result in delays in care with disastrous outcomes. And finally, how increased understanding of disease transmission and the limitations of our current testing methods have some researchers advocating for a paradigm shift. Let's get started. In epidemiology, preliminary data from Portugal found that excess all-cause mortality during the pandemic has been three to five-fold greater than what can be explained by the official COVID-19 death count bringing to light concerns that either more patients are dying of undiagnosed COVID-19 or due to the reduction in access to healthcare during the pandemic. Similar data from Italian hospitals show a significant decrease in acute coronary syndrome hospitalizations without a concomitant decrease in the all-cause mortality. Begging the question, are our patients dying at home with untreated heart attacks? Reports of atypical presentations of COVID-19 continue as more reports of acute abdominal pain and stroke as a presenting symptom in COVID-19 positive patients. This includes an analysis of COVID-19 positive stroke patients in New York, where they describe a significant increase of the incidence of large vessel strokes in COVID-19 patients under the age of 50. A study of SARS-CoV-2-specific IgG in COVID-19 patients also found that one patient was able to clear COVID-19 without ever developing detectable levels of antibodies. Though this took 50 days, this suggests that innate immunity alone may be sufficient to overcome the infection. Understanding the pathology There are more postulations regarding the disparity of COVID-19 mortality rates between men and women. Some hypothesis that this may in part be due to different dosing effects of the antiviral immune system receptors, toll-like receptors 7 and 8, that reside on the X chromosome. Transmission and Prevention A woman from Wuhan exhibited persistent viral shedding for 36 days after symptom resolution, demonstrating the prolonged potential infectivity of recovered patients. In addition, there's a new report of SARS-CoV-2 viral particles, not just RNA, that was detected in the urine of a patient with COVID-19. When taken into conjunction with recent reports that describe the levels of SARS-CoV-2 RNA in sewage and the alarming amount of aerosolized viral RNA in hospital bathrooms, this raises two important concerns. One, are public bathrooms potential hotspots for disease transfer? 
and two, it highlights the need for us to transition as a scientific community from detecting viral RNA in various bodily substances to testing for actual viral particles in those same substances. In management, because of the varying presentations of COVID-19, thought leaders are suggesting that though waiting for RT-PCR to rule out COVID-19 may cause delays, that not doing so before dispositioning patients may contribute to nosocomial spread of the disease. Others encourage frontline providers to think of the horses as well as the COVID, as more case reports share stories of how patients had STEMIs that have been missed due to the overemphasis on ruling out COVID-19. There is also a growing body of evidence to suggest that IL-6 levels could help risk stratify patients that test positive for COVID-19. A meta-analysis of nine studies found that IL-6 levels were significantly higher in severe COVID-19 and were positively correlated to increased mortality. A cohort study also found better clinical outcomes in patients treated with early, low-dose, and short-term application of methylprednisolone in patients with severe COVID-19 pneumonia. And to help you adjust your practice during this pandemic, we bring you reports that describe a standard model for COVID-19 response in skilled nursing facilities based on experiences and learned lessons in King County recommendations on ethics during this time of resource scarcity by the American Society of Clinical Oncology, a list of orthopedic procedures that are considered urgent, microlaryngoscopy and bronchoscopy modifications to reduce the risk of secretions in pediatric patients using a plastic sheet and a laryngoscope blade for applying topical anesthesia. These can all be viewed at our website in full at COVID19LST.org. In diagnosis and treatments, experts believe that the lack of reliability in the nasopharyngeal swab as a diagnostic tool may be due to poor technique. They suggest that those who are involved in swabbing all follow a similar set of procedures as outlined. And in this set of procedures, they suggest using the nares to tragus distance to estimate how far a swab needs to be inserted to ask the patient to tilt and lift their head upwards by 70 degrees before directing the swab posteriorly and laterally along the floor of the nasal cavity while being as gentle as possible. That's all for today, and as always, you can read the full report of the day's literature at covid19lst.org. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to stay informed with us. Read less, do more with covid19lst.org. Thank you for listening to today's episode brought to you by the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Team. We really appreciate your support and value your feedback. We would love to hear from you by email at contact at covid19lst.org or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at COVID19LST. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a like or share with a friend so that we can continue to support the healthcare community in maintaining a pulse on this rapidly changing situation.